welcome back to I'm Open. We have got an awesome and controversial episode ahead of us, so grab your family and sit down with the I'm Open family. Today we're going to be talking about who's snitching, who's not snitching, who should be snitching, who shouldn't be snitching, and who's FaceTiming, who's not FaceTiming, when should you FaceTime, when shouldn't you FaceTime, and what should you do while you FaceTime, all this and so much more coming up next on I'm Open. Happy holiday season to everybody around the world and the I'm Open family. We love you guys. We're grateful for you guys every single day. And especially today on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. Y'all know I love football. Y'all know by now I love eating things as well. And those are the two main focuses, the two main pillars of Thanksgiving. And uh, so it's not a huge uh, surprise that that's my favorite holiday. It's not a surprise that I flourish in this time of year. It's really my time to shine. I prepare year round to be able to really just hunker down in one place, eat as much as I can, go back for as many leftover plates as I can, and just focus, 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 and not waver from my focus on watching football while sitting on my ass for an extended period of time. I work on those skills year round, and Thanksgiving is really my time to shine. So I love it. I'm looking forward to it. It's a great holiday, and I'm thankful for you guys. I'm open family. I really am. Without you, I would just be talking to myself, and that's what crazy people do. Um, Before we jump into the whole podcast, before we jump into the whole episode this week, I do want to give a quick little Thanksgiving trick. I'm not going to call it a life hack because that is stupid. You can't hack life unless you're in that dumb movie by Adam Sandler where you can like pause and fast forward and stuff, which actually was very falsely represented and falsely advertised. And it seemed like it was going to be a comedy, ended up being super depressing movie and sad and super just existentialist kind of depressing movie and Adam Sandler. Ah, Just don't watch it if you haven't watched it. Anyway, life hacks aren't real, but this is just tip, a nice little trick, recommendation I would love to give y'all for Thanksgiving as you're preparing your holiday feasts. Now, warning, this that I'm about to tell you is unhealthy. This is very unhealthy. So uh, if you are watching your weight, if you have some sort of a cholesterol or blood sugar issue, or then you maybe don't do this. And if you do, please do not blame me, but it does taste incredible. Now, we all... Uh, baste our turkeys traditionally, you know, and if you don't know what basting is, get with the program. But what it means is, and it's the I'm Open family, so we're open to folks who, who you know, may be learning about basting, maybe learning about football. We're open to everybody. That's why it's the fucking I'm Open family and the I'm Open podcast, as we say every single time. So every few minutes, depending on the cook, depending on the style of turkey, um, 15 minutes, maybe half hour, maybe hour, maybe two hours, depending on what your style is. I always say the more basting, the better. So every increment, uh, you take the turkey out of the oven or you open the oven and you baste the turkey, which is basically spreading the juices that have started to accrue around the outside of the turkey in the pan back onto the skin of the turkey. It makes it nice and moist. It helps add the crispness to that skin of the turkey. And it really helps your turkey be moist and flavorful. Now, my tip here for while you are basting, don't just stop at the turkey. Also baste your stuffing. Now, 
I know, a lot of people already have your stuffing inside the turkey, which is great. If you happen to have some stuffing that is not inside the turkey, that maybe didn't fit in the turkey, squeeze a little about a little of that uh, turkey juice with your baster and then just squirt it all over the stuffing. Really get that stuffing nice and basted. And if you've got some extra stuffing, you could even just pack it in to that tin around the turkey so it really soaks up all the juice. There is nothing better than basted stuffing. Obviously, stuffing that comes out from the inside of the turkey is so nice and juicy with that turkey juice all up on it. And it's making me already hungry. And if you just take a little extra time, get that stuffing nice and basted as well. You will not regret it. It will bring you the best stuffing you have ever tasted and you have ever made in your life. So that's my recommendation. Let's get into our stories, our topics this week. We got a lot to discuss. Starting off with a food that I will definitely not be eating on Thanksgiving. And something that you probably won't be either. That probably won't be on many folks' Thanksgiving tables. That is... Pizza. Now, no hate towards pizza. I actually love pizza as well. It's a beautiful, beautiful food. It's warm and delicious, and um, I'm very grateful for pizza as well. It's just not really a traditional Thanksgiving food, and I think that that's okay. I think we're all in agreement there so far. But somebody who has really been devouring as much pizza as he possibly can is Papa John Schnatter. Now, This name might be ringing a bell for you, especially for our deep, deep I'm Open family members who have been with us since day one. You will remember in our very, very early episodes of I'm Open, we were discussing Papa John Schnatter and let's rewind and let's do a little timeline here. A couple years ago in Peyton Manning's very final game before becoming the spokesperson for Nationwide and Brad Paisley's uh, wingman and front singer, whatever the hell they are, uh, Peyton Manning was a quarterback and he played football. And he played at the time for the Denver Broncos as his final season. And he didn't really have the same gusto. He didn't have the same strength. But he led the Broncos to the Super Bowl and to a Super Bowl victory. Now, as soon as the game ended, Papa John Schnatter himself Yes, his real name is John. I mean, no, I don't. I hope people don't really call him Papa, other than maybe like his kids or grandkids. But his name is John Schnatter. He is Papa John. He ran out, sprinted out onto the field, and planted a big sloppy Papa smooch right onto Peyton Manning's face. He wanted everybody to know not only did Peyton Manning win the Super Bowl, but Papa John was the official pizza of the NFL. So it was kind of like Papa John won the Super Bowl. Too. So we all saw Papa John smooch Peyton Manning in the immediate aftermath of the Super Bowl. Then um, just a couple years ago, when we first, just about two years ago now, when we first started I'm Open, Papa John was fired up at the time because he did not like the players kneeling as a sponsor of the NFL. He felt like he should have a say in the way the NFL governs its, its league. And he was really upset with the players kneeling in protest of police brutality going on in this country. So he was frustrated about that. We at the time warned our fans, warned the I'm Open family around the world that they shouldn't buy from Papa John's. There was so many other better pizza options they could go to. Why support Papa John's when you have so many better options and many of them aren't racist at all? We try to tell you guys, listen to us the first fucking time we tell you. Just try to listen to us the first time because we warned you guys about this guy, Papa John. You know, at the time, I recommended to uh, my my open brother, KC, that he and his family try out Bache's Pizza. T- terrific pizza, Bache's. Uh, we're not sponsored yet, but we'd love to be sponsored by Bache's. They got the best pizza around, 
And uh, the cheese is under the crust. If you're in the DMV area and you haven't tried Vache's, go try it. Just do yourself a favor and do your family a favor. They will all be so happy when you bring home some Vache's. But, um, you know, later on, we learned that, you know, as as usual, we were right. We told you guys and you, you got to listen because then it came out. Recordings came out from a conference call with the high up executives at Papa John's and Papa John Schneider himself was recorded saying some racial slurs on the call. Definitely not a professional move. Also, it was a call about diversity, supporting diversity in the workplace. So definitely not the right time to do that, to drop a racial slur during a diversity workshop. That's like setting your hair on fire during a fire safety training. I mean, it's just one of those things. But look, we tried to warn you guys. We tried to warn you guys about Papa John Schnatters. And now he has been ousted as CEO of Papa John's. And Mr. Schnatter is out for revenge. He has just revealed that he has eaten no less than 40 pizzas in the past month. And you might think, oh, well, he must be buying all the different pizza companies. Now, maybe he's supporting folks other than Papa John's, even though, you know, it's his own name. They were ousted him from the company. They don't want to be affiliated with him anymore. So maybe he's throwing his support somewhere else. No, no. He is getting his revenge on Papa John's by buying as much fucking Papa John's as he can. 40 pizzas, he says, at least in the last 30 days. Now, I guess in some sort of a weird way, he is trying to teach Papa John a lesson. Not Papa John the person, Papa John the pizza company. But the main person or thing who has really learned their lesson from this whole process have been Papa John Schnatter's intestinal system, which has taken a severe, severe beating known to none but the Cincinnati Bengals. They can probably relate to that a little bit, but Jesus, nobody deserves to go through the type of punishment that Papa John is putting his digestive system through right now in some sort of a weird, twisted way to try to prove that he is better than his former company. Now, he said, I have had over 40 pizzas in the last 30 days. It's not the same pizza. It's not the same product. It just doesn't taste as good. Now, I hate to break it to you, Papa J. Schnatt, but the problem is the pizza has actually never tasted good at all in the first place. It's like like The Shining when they tell him you've been here all along. It's like I'm telling Papa John this is a terrible, terrible end to a horror story, Mr. John Schnatter, and the pizza was never even good in the first place. How about that for spooky endings? No, the pizza was always trash, Papa John. Now that he doesn't have those rose-colored, maybe pepperoni-colored glasses to see his pizza through or to taste his pizza through, now he realizes that it tastes like hot garbage, which is what we've been trying to tell the world the entire time. And in the most sort of morbid and spooky of all, Papa John Schnatter said, the day of reckoning will come. For, for Papa John's, the company. And this just sounds almost like a threat or something. I don't even know what he's planning to do. It definitely makes me uncomfortable. I don't know what sort of reckoning he thinks is going to happen. Now, Papa John was replaced by Papa John's by a new CEO, formerly the president of Arby's, Rob Lynch, who has now taken over for John Schnatter at the helm of Papa John's. But... Papa John Schnatter, he doesn't think this guy's up to the task. He said he really doesn't have a passion for quality. 
And probably most important, he doesn't have a passion for people. Now, this one almost made me just choke when I read it. He doesn't have a passion for people coming from the man who just used a racial slur as a way to refer to people. But no, he's the one who doesn't have a passion for people. And thank God that Papa John is so passionate about people that he uses slurs to describe them. That's really the way you look at passion. Way to go, Papa John. It's some sort of a weird thing where when you like break up with your your partner or your ex and now you're wanting to look at old photos of them and I guess look at different look for different little moles and little flub underneath their arms and stray hairs and start to try to poke all of the different holes of why your partner was really hideous the whole time or why you were always too good to be with them the whole time but you know, in this case, it's like, you know, the, the pizzas cost money, Papa John. This man is basically giving every day, what's that, you know, $12.99 or however many pizzas he's getting, he's basically giving back to his old company, Papa John's. Take it even further, John Schnatter said he's been selling off all of his stakes in the company, Papa John's, because he doesn't believe in the product, it just doesn't taste good anymore. Well, it might actually be because you were kicked out for being racist. But, you know, if you think it's because they're not using better ingredients, better pizza Papa John's anymore, then that's on you, Papa John. I'm just trying to tell you guys, I'm open family. This is why we warn you guys, because we're looking out for you guys. Now, when we tell you, you know, when we tell you going all the way back, to 2017 and you can look it up in the archives when we tell you don't go to papa john listen to us listen to us because we're trying to keep it real we're trying to look out for you guys so now he's even telling you guys don't go to papa john the pizza tastes terrible they brought over the guy from arby's which is already not even good to now somehow increase the quality he thinks it's a new recipe they cheated on his old recipe as if he was personally the one out there flipping the pizzas and spreading the cheese out like he's like they they took the quality of my recipe like what were you doing papa john's like making making the fucking marinara from scratch dude we know you just squirt ketchup on that bitch put some string cheese out and call it a day all right so don't act like suddenly now they're not using home fresh ingredients shipped over from italy okay because that was never the case you know (laughs) Just my final question to Papa John Schneider, like, how many times does it take you to realize that the pizza tastes like shit? Because you said you've had over 40 pizzas in the last month. Like, you must be doing some real Sherlock Holmes, Carmen Sandiego, deep, deep diving, plankton, reverse engineer the ingredients like he does with the Krabby Patties or something with these pizzas. If you have really tried 40 pizzas and you still need to keep trying them, like for me, once I do something like one or two times and it doesn't work out well and I don't enjoy it, I don't keep doing it upwards of maybe 30 or 40 more times. I'm not a glutton for punishment. I don't keep hitting my head against the wall once I realize it hurts. I mean, kids learn this. Babies learn this. Okay? You put a rock in your mouth or some dirt as a baby. It doesn't taste good. And then you basically learn from there to not eat dirt as a baby. As a baby. But still, whatever age he is, as a grown middle-aged man, Papa John Schnatter still just does not get it. He does not have the common sense and reflex. It just kind of makes you wonder how he even became the CEO of such a large company. The guy has had over 40 Papa John's pizzas. He thinks it tastes terrible. He thinks it's not the same. And he's still ordering the pizzas. 
This guy is just trying to put him. This guy is like one of those people, like BDSM kinky thing. Which hey, if you're into that, that is cool. Maybe maybe that's the secret. Maybe Papa John likes suffering and pain because why does he why does he keep on ordering this pizza that he has admitted tastes bad? What are you thinking, Papa John Schnatter? Like you know it tastes like shit. I told you if you just want to listen to I'm open. I told you it doesn't taste good. And you're still, how many times do you need to test it to realize, to realize the truth? It wasn't after your 12th, 13th, 14th, 19th, 28th, 35th Papa John pizza that you start to realize, oh boy, these do not taste good. Like how many does it take? How burnt up and charred are your taste buds from saying all these racial slurs that you can't? Just taste the pizza one, one, maybe two times. Maybe you think the first time was an accident. Oh, well, I got mushrooms. It tasted weird. Let me order something else. But does it really take 40 times? More than once a day? I mean, that delivery guy, whoever, whatever delivery guy must be fucking tripping out that lives in Papa John's neighborhood that keeps showing up every single day to the literal Papa John's house with Papa John's when the guy got fired from Papa John's and he's ordering pizza every day. I hope he's tipping the guy well. He must think he's in some sort of a weird, fucked up rerun of Punked. Like every day? Every single day, Papa John's ordering another pizza, and then he's like, this is garbage, this pizza's garbage. See you tomorrow, buddy. Like, like well, okay. maybe sometimes even twice a day. And then you show up, and it's actually Papa John buying the pizza, and he hates it, and it's called Papa John's. Like, how trippy is this? You're probably driving this, this delivery guy or girl to a psychotic break. Papa, chill out. Chill out. Stop ordering the pizzas. Just cut yourself off, dude. Like, I feel like at this point, Papa John's literally needs to get a restraining order on Papa John. Stop ordering our pizza. Now we can just all agree, even Papa John can agree himself. Don't go to Papa John's. So I'm just glad we're, we're all on the same page here. And uh, nobody needs to really shop at Papa John's. So that's great. We're all in agreement. And uh, it's just a shame that they don't use the good old home-style family cooking that they used to back in the day. They got, uh, they got a little farther away from their roots. You're listening to I'm Open. Don't forget to give us a rating, write us a review, and follow us on Instagram at I'm Open underscore pod. Enjoy the rest of the show. Papa John Schneider, this guy keeps on ordering keeps on eating all these Papa John pizzas more than any human should really reasonably eat in a month or in a day over and over again even though they taste disgusting even though they're making him sick one person who's also been eating something that's making him sick Dion Waiters now I bet Dion and Papa John never thought they'd be included in the same sentence, but that's why it's the I'm Open podcast. We got crossovers, real life, cultural, hooper. We got every crossover you need. Now, Dion Waiters, we love him. He's a baller, one of the most confident people on this planet and a member of the Miami Heat. Now, I've got the ESPN uh, sort of app on my phone or whatever it is. So when some sort of a news story breaks. I'll have a little headline pop up on my phone. 
that's that's normal. I think a lot of people are probably used to those things with weather, with news, with whatever you might follow. I happen to follow sports, and that's why I get those updates. If you've got a smartphone, as they say, you probably know what I'm talking about, and you've probably had those on your phone as well. So I woke up one morning just a couple weeks ago, and I saw a headline that said, Dion Waiters overdosed on gummies. This this one sounded a little bit odd, and this is a great example of, um, you really have to give context sometimes. You can't just drop some words out there like, he overdosed on gummies, and not explain what you're talking about. I had a hunch that when they said Dion Waiters overdosed on gummies, that they, they were referring to special gummies, but when you just say Dion Waiters overdosed on gummies like y'all need to watch out ESPN because you're about to get sued by Haribo okay you can't overdose on just regular gummies I just and I was worried about that too because I love gummies gummy worms gummy bears the gummy peach rings gummy water sour watermelons sour patch kids I love gummies so when I first saw Dion Waiters overdosed on gummies I was like Jesus Christ I mean did he chug a whole fucking I don't what did he do like melt down a whole jumbo bag of sour gummy worms and like shoot him up his nostril? I don't understand how you could have so much gummy. Did he have some sort of a terrible case of diabetes or cholesterol issues that, that I didn't know about? But, you know, no, that wasn't the case. It, it, it turned out they were special gummies. But, you know, that's why when you put out these headlines, when you put out these news releases, press releases, just explain a little bit what you mean because now the whole generation of young folks are going to think that that if they eat too many sour patch kids they might go into shock or their body might have a seizure or something which i know their parents still probably don't want them to eat too many sour patch kids but um that's not what's going to happen that's definitely not what's going to happen so the story evolves and the story evolves as obviously the truth starts to come out and no Dion waiters wasn't just going ham on some gummy bears Now, what happened in this situation was the Miami Heat were about to fly from Phoenix to LA and Dion, he got some gummies from a friend, from a teammate on the Miami Heat to help him relax on the plane. He said his stomach was feeling a little nauseous. Maybe he had eaten Papa John's recently and his stomach was feeling a little nauseous. He wanted something to settle him down on the plane. So he ate a couple of gummies. Soon enough, he fell asleep on the plane and he had some sort of a panic attack. I'm guessing he probably had the panic attack then fell asleep, but I guess it seems hard to fall asleep in the middle of a panic attack, but some sort of a combination of a panic attack and then he kind of just fell asleep. There's some reports that he might have had a seizure uh, and now he, he is currently suspended and in, in not playing in games for the Miami Heat as they sort this whole situation out. THC, which was in the gummy, is a banned substance by the NBA because we all know that uh, when you get high, you jump high. So obviously, uh, it's very important for the NBA to make sure that THC is a banned substance because it would be unfair. I mean, little stoners would just be doing backflip 360 dunks, you know, so obviously... Duh, this should not be allowed if you're trying to hoop uh, because it's a huge advantage to you being being so high while you're playing basketball. So obviously that totally makes sense that that should be banned. Anyway, this has been, you know, a mixed bag. It's a weird story. I'm glad, you know, the sort of truth started to come out so they wouldn't besmirch the name of, of gummy brands everywhere. Just traditional sugar gummy bear brands 
everywhere because um, they really don't need to be brought into this. And it kind of sends the wrong message when you when you send out a headline like that. But um, Dion Waiters, he is a real one. And I'm not just saying that because he ate the gummies. But obviously, Dion, he had to get the gummies from somebody, right? He said his, he was feeling a little bit off, right? I mean, his stomach was hurting. And one of his teammates, one of his buddies on the team said, here, Dion, take some of these gummies, man. They help me relax. Now, he is not going to say who it was. So Dion is suspended now for 10 games as he, as, as he goes through the, you know, traditional process here with the Heat and with the NBA. But he has kept his lips sealed and he is not telling. Who gave him the gummies? Now, you know, I kind of have my guesses of who, who it could be on the heat. I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus, though, either, because I'm, I'm not a snitch like Dion. And I think you got to respect, and Dion is, is the opposite of Papa John's in many ways, because he is not going to go back and snitch, even though we had an averse reaction to the gummies that he didn't expect, even though he had a little bit of a panic attack and sort of passed out or, or whatever might have happened on the plane. He is not going to tell who gave him the gummies, and he's not trying to get one of his boys in trouble. So you got to shout out to Dion. He is a real one. He's not a snitch. He's going to just take that hit. He's going to come back in 10 games. He's going to take that suspension like a man, serve his time, and come back. And he's not throwing any of his teammates under the bus. And that's why even though he hasn't been able to be with the team in person, I'm sure when he comes back, it's going to be a warm reception for Dion because whoever gave him those gummies, they've still been playing with the team. They've still been traveling. And Dion did not drag anybody else under the bus with him for those gummies. So for that, shout out to you, Dion. Um, get well soon, obviously. Shout out to, you know, whoever was trying to be generous and help Dion out with his stomach. Obviously, they maybe gave him one gummy too many, uh, but I'm sure it came from a place of love and support. I'm sure they weren't trying to have Dion pass out on the plane. I'm sure they just thought they could help his stomach. And, you know, everybody's got their own tolerance. And maybe Dion, you know, the gummies sometimes seem small. So maybe Dion thought it was thought he could handle it and it was actually a lot more than he could handle which is what seemed like it happened but hopefully the heat learn from the situation grow from the situation obviously it's it's scary to have one of your teammates uh, have sort of a panic attack and, and pass out on the plane but in a moment of struggle that's always when you're going to learn the most about yourself and the people around you and and in this moment of struggle in this moment of hardship, Dion just took the sword, just fell on the sword for his team. And, you know, even though he can't be there with his team at the moment, that's almost more of a team aspect now that he's creating. He's showing the camaraderie he has for his teammates. He's showing the camaraderie. He's showing the respect and the commitment he has to his teammates. He's not going to get any one of them suspended. He's not going to say who gave him those gummies. And uh, respect for that, Dion. You're a real one. You're welcome on the I'm Open podcast anytime. We look forward to getting you on the show, Dion, and uh, get well soon. You're still listening to I'm Open. Take some time today to tell a friend about the show and tell a friend to listen to the show and look out for an awesome new episode coming up next week. Improper FaceTiming, that's not an official penalty in any sport that I'm aware of, but soon enough it might be. 
Now, we've had two cases of this just come up recently in different sports. The Houston Astros, they uh, won the World Series just a couple years ago. They were in the World Series again this year uh, against the Washington Nationals, and they've probably been the most dominant and most successful team in baseball over the last few seasons. They've got stars up and down the team, but that's not enough for them because they still have decided that they'd like to get a little bit of an extra edge. And by that, I mean cheating. Now, it's all come out since the World Series wrapped up that the Houston Astros have been cheating for the past several seasons and have like a whole sort of video chat system set up where they're videoing pitches from the outfield, sending them to somebody who's sitting behind the dugout, and then there's using some cues to shout out to the batters um, and kind of give them a hint at what pitch is coming. This just, this isn't a fun way to cheat. This isn't fun. We here on I'm Open, we're open to different new innovations in the sports world. We have been known to actually be pretty supportive of the steroids movement here on I'm Open. I mean, that, 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 you know, that would be an example of a fun way to cheat because you got guys running around and you know, it looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger is playing third base and the guys are hitting the ball like six miles for a home run. Everybody's hitting home runs. It looks like Popeye the Sailor Man is playing second base. Everybody looks super buff. Now that is fun. That is a fun way to cheat. But this whole weird spy shit, sending signals, they were banging and whistling and stuff to send different signals to the players and they're sending the FaceTime back. They're, this is not like, stop it. First of all, the, the Astros already basically have the most talented team in the league, and they've been probably the most successful team. Why don't you just do it with your talent? Now it's going to make people start to wonder, maybe this was all fake. Maybe it's just because they've been cheating. And honestly, even though my Nationals just beat up on the Astros, the Astros are a great team. I think most people would agree that the Astros had more natural talent on their lineup than the Nationals did. And But now, Astros, you guys are just totally discrediting your whole run when you actually are probably the most talented and the best team in the league. You know, cheating devalues your accomplishments. It devalues everything that, that you do, just like the New England Patriots and all their cheating. When you are the best team and when you've shown the ability time and time again to win big games, win championship games, make it to the championship... By cheating when it comes out here as it did, and it all usually ends up coming out, you only end up devaluing your own accomplishments. You undercut yourself. Astros, this is just lame. This is just lame, to be honest. Like, just, just, just don't go there. You know, if you guys are going to cheat, pick a more fun, exciting way to do it. I also like sometimes you see pitchers with like a little bit of tar, a little bit of sticky stuff on their hand or on their glove. That's always fun. That's always interesting. Make, you know, make them kind of interesting ways to cheat. This is not fun. This is not a fun way to cheat. You guys are just using computers to send, to send videos back to the other guys so they know what's coming. This is not cool. You know, if you're going to cheat, at least make it cool. This is not cool. This is lame. Astros, whatever sort of dynasty the Astros think they're building or are starting to build, they've got a lot of young superstars on their team. So I think a lot of people have been thinking, wow, the next 10 years might be dominated by the Astros. We might see two or three more World Series from the Astros, and they might be able to recreate the sort of run that the Yankees teams had in the 90s with Derek Jeter, Mariano Rivera, and those guys. But 
you know, now it doesn't really matter what they do. It doesn't matter what they do because we already know they've been cheating. So no matter what accomplishments, no matter what they say about, oh, we didn't cheat, we would never do that. It's kind of hard to believe at this point because we already know you've totally lost our trust. Now, for a while, Carmelo Anthony, he lost his trust in the NBA. He thought, that they were over him. He thought that they were trying to push him out. He thought that he wasn't getting the respect he deserved. He thought he wasn't getting his due and he thought he wasn't getting a chance that he really had earned to play in the league. And we talked about this on I'm Open as well. There's no doubt that Carmelo is one of the best 300 basketball players in the world. I would never say that that wasn't the case, but it's not just about having all the best players. I mean, think of casting a movie. Nicolas Cage is a fun actor to watch. You can't have 20 Nick Cages in one movie. You need a variety of actors to play a variety of roles. And that's the same thing with the basketball game. So it's not just about, oh, this man can get buckets. You don't need everybody to get buckets on your team. Yeah, it is basketball, but a big part of the game is defense, rebounding, setting screens, just being a good dude in practice in the film room, being just a fun guy to be around on the plane, like whoever gave Dion Waiters those gummies. So it's not just about, oh, this man gets buckets. How dare you guys disrespect him like that? Because if, if that's really the only way you think the NBA works, this isn't Papa Shot. Okay, there's one ball for for all the folks who might be confused out there about the way basketball works. There's one ball and everybody on the on the team on the court actually has to use the exact same ball. It's not like everybody's just running up the court and shooting every time. So, you know, when you discredit other people for being on teams and use them as an example, as a reason for why Mello should be on a team, it's not a one to one translation. It's not a one to one comparison. Because different teams need different players for different roles. That's the way workplaces are, basketball teams, any team, movies, bands, right? That's the way it is. You need people to fill in different roles. But, and we're so happy, Carmelo is now back in the NBA. We're super excited to see that Carmelo finally did get a shot. And it's in a position, it's on a team that is perfect for him. Carmelo is back. He has joined the Portland Trailblazers with my guy Dame Lillard and CJ McCollum, two great shooters, two great bucket getters at the guard position. He is going to be a great compliment to them because they're really looking for that third wheel, that third go-to guy, that third part of their big three. Melo's going to be a great vet leader for this team, and he actually has a chance to go to the playoffs and have some big primetime moments. We might actually get to see Melo and Braun matched up in the playoffs. And how fun would that be? So I am so excited that Carmelo is back. This is awesome. And he's actually playing pretty well. Just the other day, Carmelo had his best game since he's been back. He dropped 25 points in a victory for the Trailblazers against the Chicago Bulls. And that's awesome. We are all really happy to see Carmelo having success. But the big story that came out of this whole game and this whole accomplishment from Carmelo was that he was FaceTiming with his son during the game. Now, he didn't have his phone out. Um, his wife, Lala Anthony, who's a very accomplished uh, woman in her own right, uh, performer, actress, and she was at the game. She was sitting courtside, and she was FaceTiming with their son, and she held him up so he could wave to his dad as he was on the bench. Now, that's a really nice thing. It's a really nice moment. I I would just say, though, maybe just like FaceTime after the game. 
We're in a week right now where Dwayne Haskins, the quarterback for the Washington Redskins, he's catching a lot of flack for taking a selfie with a fan during the game as well when there was just a couple seconds left in the game. And I honestly don't really see how this one is that different. I mean, the the Redskins game was really already wrapped up. Yeah, Dwayne should have been paying attention, but he's just a rookie. Sometimes you need a veteran leadership, a, a, a big brother, a mentor type character to say, hey man, get your head in the game, get back out on the field. We need you to take this final snap. Obviously, the Redskins don't have much leadership or structure whatsoever on their team, and that's part of the reason everybody's floundering. But it's interesting the way people are reacting to these two stories. Because with with Haskins, man, this kid's got to get his head out of his ass. This Redskins team, you know, is a is you know is a mess. I personally blame it more on the team than Haskins. I don't need to get into it too much because I think a lot of different folks have been voicing their opinions on this the selfie gate with with Dwayne. I think the guy's never won a game before as a pro. He was super fired up. It was a really close game, and he led the game winning drive against the Detroit Lions. So he was just super fired up and excited and one of the fans wanted to give a selfie he wants to be the face of the franchise for the washington football team and uh he he felt like in the moment he really wanted to do a selfie should he wait until the game was over absolutely but at that moment there was about like two three seconds left in the game anyway there was only one play left and i think he was just overcome by emotion he's a 21 year old kid yeah he made a mistake but i don't think it's a malicious act or anything like that i think he was just overcome by the moment of his first nfl win and leading a game winning drive along with his buddy from uh, ohio state terry mclaurin on the other side everybody's talking about how sweet how awesome it is that Mello was facetiming with his son and i i think it's great i i think it's really nice that he has such a close relationship with his son i think that's awesome but i know you guys have all you know been there on the train at a restaurant at an at a sporting event it's kind of uh, it's kind of annoying when other people facetime in front of you and are having like a conversation in front of you i to me that's like a pet peeve of mine it's like if you're on the train do people really need to see you on the train and then sometimes it's like you see everybody else on the train do you really need to facetime right now and i'm just trying to have my normal commute home here but now i'm listening about what you guys are going to make for dinner or what annoying thing your coworker did for 20 minutes because you feel like you need to facetime your your spouse or your friend right now and i mean lala i'm sure she's a great person I shout out to all of her accomplishments, notwithstanding Carmelo. She's had a ton of huge professional accomplishments, and she's a super talented performer. But, you know, it's when like, when you're at the game, you're like, can we just watch the, can we just watch the game? Can we just watch the game? You really need to FaceTime right now. I understand that Carmelo, he's got a super close relationship with his son. His son wanted to congratulate him. He had 25 points. He had his best game since returning to the NBA. His son wanted to congratulate him and Carmelo gave him a little wave. But, you know, when I was talking about why teams might not be super eager to sign Carmelo, like, this is kind of what I'm talking about. The special treatment that he thinks he deserves. And I know if you're a superstar, you get special treatment. That's the way the NBA works. That's the way the world works, not just the NBA. But when I talk about fitting into your role, you don't see Alex Caruso. You don't see Justin Holiday. You don't see Tomas Sadoransky. You don't see Patrick Beverly. You don't see role players, guys who are just fitting into their part on the team, you don't really see those guys waving FaceTiming to their family members from the side of the court. 
And, you know, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Melo, he said he's ready to fit in. He said said he's ready to do whatever he wants from the team. But still, he is acting like he has different rules than everybody else. He's getting special treatment from everybody else. He's FaceTiming, waving to his kid during the game. Now, it was just one second. But I think it's just a little hint. I was like, why people were a little tentative to re-sign Melo. Because he's saying he doesn't want special treatment. He obviously, he does, though. He does. And that's fine. It's hard when you're used to being a superstar to not be the stars, not be the focus anymore. But that's a hard adjustment that comes with life. So I'm rooting for Melo. I definitely am. I'm rooting for the Blazers. I'm hoping they have a great season. I'm hoping they pick pick it up a little bit, especially as Melo's giving them a little spark here down the stretch. And I'm excited to see what he can do with them this season. I'm really excited he's back in the NBA. But don't play dumb to all the people who are saying, well, how come Melo didn't have a job? This is so disrespectful to Melo. This is the reason why. Because teams worry about adding a guy to your team who might need special treatment, right? And if you just add... Andre Ingram to your team out of the G League, he's not going to be FaceTiming anybody. He's not going to be causing any sort of stories. There's nothing going to happen about him. And I know part of that just comes with being mellow. Whatever you do, it's going to be a story because you're super famous, because you are mellow, um, and because this whole story about will he, won't he, when's he coming back, who's going to sign him, what's wrong with the NBA, how come they're not signing mellow. This is probably the type of thing that a lot of general managers, a lot of teams were concerned about. Him wanting special treatment, him thinking that he's allowed to do stuff that the rest of his teammates aren't allowed to do, like take terrible mid-range jumpers. So anyway, I'm just really excited to see Melo back in the NBA. I just thought it was a really interesting juxtaposition as two of these moments were happening at the same time. Obviously, Dwayne Haskins wasn't FaceTiming or taking a selfie with his son. Um... It was a little bit of a different situation, but just in terms of people being on their phones during a game, it was an interesting parallel. It was interesting to see the different ways people reacted to each of those two moments. So I'm not saying you shouldn't FaceTime. I'm not saying you should FaceTime. I'm just saying think before you FaceTime. I guess that's the real moral of the story. And I'm not saying what Melo did is really wrong. I'm not saying what Dwayne did is really wrong. Just The media takes all these things and runs with them. They just need one second clip of you and they can turn it into a whole story. They can turn it into a whole think piece. They can turn it into a whole five-hour fight between Stephen A. Smith and whoever the hell he wants to yell at. So just think. Think before you FaceTime. That's my big recommendation. That's my big piece of advice for all the athletes out there today. And everybody out there, I think we're going to go, we're going to leave you with those two pieces of advice, please think before you FaceTime. And of course, the other advice that we started off with, which is based that stuffing and you won't regret it. From my I'm Open family to your family, have a great Thanksgiving and enjoy that football. Enjoy that stuffing. Thanks again for listening to I'm Open. We hope you had almost as much fun as we did. Don't forget to give us a rating, write us a review, and follow us on Instagram at imopen underscore pod. Everybody, have a great night, and don't forget to stay open.